After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com goals 24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members of FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from Bayer. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Another world. Another time. In the age of wonder. There was once a dream. You could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper. And it would vanish. A battle between good and evil. You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm going to have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith. Well, take your pixie out of your pocket, sprinkle some pixie dust around, get your happiest thought, and prepare to fly to Neverland with me, your Spider-Man Jeremy, and of course, ever with me is Lost Boy Eric! Hooray! Wait, we need your intro music, don't we? We do! There, now it's official. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Neverlanders! How's it going? I am glad to be here today. How are you doing, Jeremy? Oh, it's been a very, very busy and hectic week. (laughs) I hear that. It's another time I'm really glad to be able to get a chance to come to Neverland and just chill for a little bit. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And it's really fun. We have all kinds of stuff to be able to talk about and geek out about because, my goodness, I dug up a lot of stuff this week that I was excited about. And some stuff that I didn't even know was coming that I'm excited about that I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know this was going to happen. And, oh, my goodness. So, yeah, oh, yeah. so much news, so much happening, so much going on. Yep, that uh, so much stuff that I'm not even going to preview it. Let's just get in there and do it. <laughs> All right. For those of you listening at home, you cannot see me conducting the virtual orchestra. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. And that's pretty much what we're going to have today is news from around Neverland because holy cow. Uh, this this was kind of fun and this is uh, starting to be old news. This kind of happened last week. But uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean cast, actually, they had went, gone to Shanghai Disney to do some publicity there. And then they actually went to Paris. I have not heard anything about them coming to the States. Have you? Uh, actually, they just had the Blue Carpet premiere uh, in Hollywood uh, just uh, a, a day or two ago. Ah, and I, so. I bet that was similar to like the other movies where they'd have some of the actual 
ships from the film kind of docked around nearby, that kind of thing? That, uh, well, it was in Hollywood, so I don't think that there are too many places to dock a ship. <laughs> well, there was some way. I know with the previous films they talked about, they were able to do that kind of a thing. Uh, well, where the they had the ships films, where you could check it out. Well, the previous films all had their premieres at Disneyland. So yeah. they had the whole red carpet going down uh, Main Street, and they had ships on the rivers of America. Uh, but in this, for, for this film, they have not had that experience. Um, instead, I believe that they just uh, had their premiere at the uh, El Capitan in downtown Hollywood. Well, but that's still, still a good place. Oh, yes, most definitely. So, and I'm not, not too many excited. open bodies of water. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe I don't know. Could put them on a giant uh, trailer cart kind of thing, but I don't know how big it is. You know, if you could fit it easily in the street and not block <laughs> off every traffic. That's you know, I don't know. It would have been kind of a cool thing, but still, doing it to El Capitan, you know, that is kind of... Plus, that seems to be appropriate, actually. Tell Capitan yes. Sparrow that I am looking <laughs> for him. Yes, yes, with uh, with our new ghost pirate, Captain yes. Salazar. Yes, with, uh, I believe his first name is Javier? I don't know. <laughs> All I know is I, I really enjoy that guy as a, as a bad guy. Ever since I, the first thing I remember seeing him in was uh, Skyfall, one of the James Bond mm-hmm. movies. And mm-hmm. he was so creepy. Oh, yes. Uh, he, he was such a great villain. And uh, I, I, I've seen like some clips of uh, No Country for Old Men that he's another bad guy in that. And he's very scary. He's He's got this quiet menace that he's very good at. So. Mm-hmm. Fighting him as the villain in this, oh, that, that's what got me into the saying, oh, all right, let's go for it. Another Pirates of the Caribbean movie. I'm in, you know. <laughs> well, hey, I'm excited for this new Pirates of the Caribbean movie because it does look like it's going back to its roots. Yeah, uh, with those pirates. pirates. A <laughs> uh, 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 Turner. Yeah, and a Barbosa. A Barbosa. Yes, that's. Lee Barbosa. Yeah, because <laughs> I think that's what uh, the second film was missing for me is not having Barbosa in there because the third one although it's a little weird the third one at least had some fun because I, I I don't know Barbosa I just love Jeffrey Rush he's just entertaining in everything he does and to me he's he a bit more entertaining than Johnny Depp yeah. no I it'd be interesting to see a Barbosa movie oh I would watch it I totally would because you know, I don't Especially know if I've ever seen Jeffrey Rush here. play a, a heroic character ever but he's one of those other guys who makes such a great villain. You have seen him play a heroic character. I have. When was that? Yes. Nigel the Pelican in Finding Nemo. Right, right. Well, we didn't see him. We just heard him. Okay. Technicality. <laughs> Technicality. Technicality, but... but it, yeah, ever since, like, in Mystery Men, when he was uh, casting over Frankenstein, <laughs> yes. he was so great. <laughs> uh, the less said about Mystery Men, the better. Oh, but I, I love that movie, though. It's so over to- oh, the top and silly and fun. And- <laughs> yes. Very, very much a product of its Joel Schumacher time. <laughs> yes. But, you know, we're getting off track. We are talking about Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Hmm. Do Dead Men, or perhaps they do tell tales, says Davy Jones. Well, yeah. I could be. You know, <laughs> I, I may be skipping a little bit ahead here. Um, I know we were talking about the cast being in Paris and having their premiere. But did you know that there really is a dead man in Pirates of the Caribbean? His picture, his character was released this week. Was that the Did you Paul McCartney poster? Exactly. We know that Paul is dead from Abbey Road, right? <laughs> 
I was trying to say Paul is dead backwards so it would, you would understand what I was saying. Some of you got that joke and other the younger people are going to have to have their parents explain it to them. Well, isn't it great, though, that we've got a dead beetle yeah, that's uh, a dead man telling tales or so? Oh. Yeah. Well, you know, he's just a band on the run. <laughs> live and let die. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's going to try to live and let the uh, ghost pirates die, I think. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I, this movie's only a week away. I'm getting excited for it. Oh, yes. I have no idea. And they have not let anybody know who Paul McCartney is playing. Because, I mean, you have what, uh, Keith Richards is Jack Sparrow's father, and he's been making little right. cameos. So is Paul McCartney going to maybe be, I don't I don't know whose father he could possibly be, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's going to, or even if he is somebody's father, you know, it, it'd just be really good to see what kind of connection he has or this character now has within this uh within the caribbean or elsewhere around the world yeah oh this just awesome and especially cool as they've got so much makeup on him when you see him in the post if they had not released it as a poster when you'd watch the movie you'd probably barely recognize him except for you can kind of tell the eyes yeah but you know you you got to really be looking to even see those eyes yeah because they got the makeup on there and the eyeshadow and stuff which why do they put eyeshadow on pirates i don't know Actually, there's there is a very good reason for that. Oh, there is. How about that? Same reason that they that pirates wore an eye mat or an uh, an eyepiece. If you notice, when you're in a dark room, uh, your pupils contract, Mm -hmm. and you can see much better in the dark. Uh, If you keep an eye covered and one eye uncovered then when the eye that's covered needs to be used, you can uncover it and you'll actually see a little bit better because that pupil is already contracted and to take in more light once it's once you've taken the eye patch off. Now, take that just a further step. If you darken the area around your eyes, it has a similar effect uh, where you've got a little less light actually entering in the eye and so the pupil contracts out a little bit more. Huh. See, because I was starting to think, man, maybe like a baseball players used to go through, and, or sports teams, and they put a little bit of a black patch kind of across the high bits of their cheek, and it kind of keeps some of the glare, and it actually almost works almost as good as sunglasses a little bit, apparently. But exactly. Black streak. Exactly. I was kind of thinking maybe Same that concept. would work. But. Yep. Same concept. Well, there you go. See, eyeliner on pirates isn't as weird as it looks. <laughs> no, it's still weird. <laughs> yeah, it still looks weird, but... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so did you get to see the streaming video of Happily Ever After over at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom? To be honest, I have not had the opportunity. I checked it out this week. Uh, I didn't watch it when it was live streaming, but they do have it up on the Disney Parks YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I saw some people that kind of complained, said there wasn't enough classic Disney in there, blah, 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 all these little nitpicky kind of things. Actually, I really thought it was pretty cool. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. definitely in that same vein of just Disney magic, and the theme being of the happily ever after is very similar to the the dreams coming true and the wishes that they make in story and encouraging us to go for our happily ever after. And it's really a lot about the journey towards getting to the happily ever after. And we got a lot of different characters, and yes, a lot of the more modern characters, 
of the last, uh, I'd say, 20 to 30 years. But there's mm-hmm. still, there's some Jungle Book. You know, there's some classic characters still in there. And a lot of great projections on the castle. A lot of great fireworks. Uh, and you're, I'm not really that keen on the new kind of pop song there at the beginning. But most of the music you hear is actually from Disney films throughout the presentation. Uh, so I really, I would, I would love the opportunity to go and get to see this live. Uh, I mm-hmm. really think it's going to be a great show. It looked really cool on the video. Uh, but of course, some of the video they 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 pull back so you don't get to see all the projections because they want to keep some some magic and mystery for right. you watching at home. So you have to come to the parks and spend your thousands of dollars to get there <laughs> so you can see this whole thing. Uh, but I thought it looked very very cool, and I'm I'm excited to go and get a chance hopefully to check this one out because when I was there in Walt Disney World, we didn't see any firework shows whatsoever. We were too busy writing things, so. Mm-hmm. I, I, I sorely need to fix that. Now, we did see some parades, and I did see Spectro Magic, which I absolutely love Spectro Magic. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually, I, I guess I would put it as an equal footing to me for the Main Street Electrical Parade, because I've never seen the Main Street Electrical Parade, but I love the music. But the Spectro Magic music was beautiful. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's, it's like an equal footing. I can love both equally. I just haven't gotten to see the Main Street Electrical Parade, but I, you know, maybe I'll get an opportunity one day. Ah, well, I'll tell you, once uh, it was announced that the Main Street Electrical Parade was returning to Disneyland, I know a lot of our uh, friends who are, love Walt Disney World were hoping that a Spectro Magic revival might be on the way. Uh, so there definitely are a lot of people who remember and love that show, too. So, you know, but I'll tell you, I love these the fireworks show, and I love the inclusion of projections as part of the shows. Uh, there's nothing like sitting on Main Street and all of a sudden seeing the buildings around you come alive. With the with these projections, you know whether it be chimney sweeps dancing on rooftops or uh, worrying about uh, heffalumps and woozles coming to get your honey, they're so spectacular and so amazing to see. Um, you know, I, I like seeing this use in shows like this. Yeah. Attractions, that's a different story, but uh, definitely seeing them in shows is is a really incredible thing. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know if they project them down Main Street with this, but I, they they were all over the castle. Mm-hmm. And they did a lot of neat stuff with the castle on this show and something you did like stained glass windows and have characters, you know, seem to come out of different areas. And even at one really fun part, the genie comes out and causes one of the spires to launch like a rocket. Oh, goodness. And it was really, really fun. Of course, when you're seeing it from pulled back, you can see that the projection disappears as it actually leaves the spire. But if you were mm-hmm. up close to it, it, I'm sure the illusion works pretty well, you know, if you're oh, just yeah. the right spot. Uh, so I don't know if they were doing anything down Main Street like with uh, the Disneyland 60th anniversary. But uh, mm-hmm. golly, I hope they are because that would be awesome. Oh, definitely. So yeah, I got to love a good projection show because, yes, I agree with you. It's, it's, it's fun. Sometimes a little silly in a rind doesn't always work, but... On a show, it's just it's just fun. It's just entertaining. But okay, uh, we got to talk about some some fun. Oh, a quick, well, quick thing while we're talking about the parks. Yeah, I guess Fantasmic and Disneyland has been shut down while they've been doing some of the uh, upgrades to the river. Yeah, um, basically they uh, dammed off half of the river, uh, the front the and kept water in the front half while they've been uh, rerouting the uh, track for the Columbia and the uh, Mark Twain, as well as uh, building the new uh, trestle for the Disneyland Railroad to go along. And all of this was been done to make additional room for Star Wars Land on the north end of the park. Uh, I, I saw a brief thing that Fantasmic is getting ready to reopen. 
Yes, and I am very excited for this because uh, this is going to be a Fantasmic 2.0. It's going to be a new Fantasmic. Um, It is going to contain some of the elements, the classic elements that uh, we've come to love over the past 25 years. Wow. Um, But it's also going to be introducing new elements. Um, I've heard that some of the uh, classic scenes that uh, we've seen in the past are certainly going to no longer be part of the show. One of the greatest uh, spectaculars was... um, you would hear this cannon shot, and then all of a sudden the Columbia comes out with Peter Pan and Captain Hook fighting on board it. For this new show, they are going to have the Pirates of the Caribbean uh, take the place of Peter Pan and uh, Captain Hook and Mr. Smee and Wendy and Peter and Michael uh, and John. Uh, so, changes? I don't you know, know how to the, feel about that. <laughs> only inevitability, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they now incorporate Jack Sparrow uh, into this show. But that's not the only change. We know that there are other changes that are coming, uh, and we've only got a few more weeks until we find out uh, what how this new show looks, uh, what kind of changes there are, and really have an opportunity to view it and, and see it and fall in love again with this show. Fantasmic really was a... a, a it, it, it was a park-changing experience when it first premiered back in 1992, and uh, to see it come back after you know not running for about a year and a half now, as they've been doing this construction, a lot of people have missed it, and we're really looking forward to seeing the show come back. Yeah, even though Peter Pan, not, oh, come on, in the Neverland podcast, it's Neverland. We we got to mourn the loss of Peter Pan and Captain Hook on the pirate ship. Well, there, there's, oh. uh, well, while that that segment may no longer be involved, there's still always a very strong possibility that Peter Pan and Captain Hook may show up in the finale. Oh, good, because not the same. So, of course, I've never actually gotten to see the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, the finale which I, I certainly hope is not changing. It uh, is Steamboat Willie piloting the Mark Twain with almost all of the characters that have been in the show that far, along with a number of other characters who hadn't yet been seen in the show, all running along the decks of the Mark Twain. Which I've seen some video of, and that just seems to be very spectacular. Very, very cool. Oh, so, very much so. I'm sure even more characters now. Hooray! Oh. We can hope. Yep. Well, hopefully when it gets around there, you'll get a chance to check it out and you can let us know uh, all the new changes when it reopens. I am definitely planning on it. I just need to keep an eye out for open flights and uh, cheap hotel rooms. (laughs) Yeah, because my apartment couch is not always available for... (laughs) Because that's how, for, for when he came down for the convention, y'all, I just let him, you know, it's like, he asked me, do you know any cheap hotels? I'm like, yeah, I have, an, I have a couch. <laughs> it's the cheapest thing around. So it was more fun. <laughs> we got to hang out more and got to go to Pizza Ranch and we had fun. So Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll have to do that some more often because it's like, we're states away, but it was, it was a good old time. Anyways, uh, so did you ever get to play the Lego Marvel Super Heroes game? You know, I have not played any of the Lego Marvel-related games, but I have played uh, two of the Lego Batman games, I have played all of the Lego Star Wars games, and I've played the Lego Indiana Jones games. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. I love all of those games. The and it's not just because the gameplay is easy, but you can tell that the developers have a lot of fun yeah. uh, putting these games together, coming up with unique and humorous situations, and really they have fun with it. Uh, and I, I have played a demo of uh, the very first Lego Marvel game, um, which 
was fun and interesting, but again, I haven't been able to play through them fully. In fact, I was just thinking this week, uh, I saw both of the games uh, available for $20 a piece, both uh, Lego Marvel and Lego Avengers, hmm. and was I'm really seriously considering uh, getting them here within a few weeks once uh, I'm not all bogged down with uh, moving houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm you know trying to make sure I have I have to have the expendable cash to be able to throw at things. You know, yes. which I don't. Uh, but you know, Lego Marvel Superheroes Two has been announced, and this is going to be kind of neat. This is more of a world-spanning or universe-spanning type of game. Uh, we're going to oh, have yes. stuff like the Guardians of the Galaxy getting to throw in there. Uh, we're going to get to see the uh, the current Thor, which is Jane Foster, in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Uh, Spider-Gwen getting to make an appearance. There's even the, an image here of Captain America and cowboy gear. Uh, plus a little bit of a Planet Hulk-style Hulk that we get to see in one of these images. So, I mean, this is, mm-hmm. instead of just being you know, like a typical Marvel story, this is going to be Marvel Universe all over the place. Doctor yeah, Strange, I'm... I mean, wow, just everything. Yes, I'm excited to see a New York City 2099. Yeah, and I wonder though. I mean, because we see that you know Spider-Man twenty ninety nine. Of course, he's been brought back. There's a comic of him running right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was you know back in the nineties there was this big twenty ninety nine universe, and they had a, a what an X Men I think didn't they? Yeah. Didn't they even X-Men have an Avengers and uh, a Punisher, uh, uh, a Doctor Doom. No, it was Doctor Doom. Yeah. Uh, so, they had uh, what was uh, Rampage and. Oh, the, which was yeah, an the, original the whole, character. Yep. Uh, yeah, that whole 2099 uh, imprint, I guess, was very interesting and, and a, a really neat and different take on Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, it was very different. Uh, so, um, but I, he's managed to make a comeback, but uh, I just wonder if we're going to get to see some of the other characters later. You know, like, in the Lego game, are they going to be around? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'll tell you this. One thing that Lego is great at is, or that these games are great at, are having a good core central uh, cast of characters that you can collect. But they also include quite a bit of downloadable content for a fee oh, yes. Oh, uh, yes. to, to complete your <laughs> rosters. Yep, and uh, there's a little teaser trailer here on the website. I'm going to hit this real quick. There will be a full-length trailer on May 23rd, so keep an eye out, because that was just uh, briefly what you, what you couldn't see while we were hearing that is it was uh, Groot kind of doing his slow lumbering walk, uh, running away from something, and then Doctor Strange coming in and doing some stuff, so it really didn't uh, do much more than announce the thing, I guess. <laughs> and I wasn't even sure if that's baby Groot or full-size Groot. I'm gonna, or teenage group. <laughs> I'm going to hope for a, a full-size group because this is not... Well, then again, you know, they do try to borrow from the cinematic universe to kind of help bring in some of the new, new Marvel fans. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, could, maybe maybe they'll have a baby group playable character. And then, you could know... Could be. I'm thinking, though, for or- Groot, because he's kind of large, you might need to do, like, a special... I don't know if you could do him as a minifig. You might have to do him as a some sort of other kind of Lego figure. Yeah. Makes me wonder. Oh, wow. See, that's something. Just a, another reason to get the game so I can check it out and find out. Exactly. Okay, so some other things. All right. Have you been keeping up with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. this season? You know, I uh, I have not. Um, my DVR is filled with uh, season four, though. 
Um, hopefully, just it's a matter of finding the time to watch. The last episode I saw was um, actually the end of uh, season three, where uh, we find out the ultimate fate of Ward. And so I'm looking forward to seeing season four, but I hear that we've already got a renewal for season five. Yes, because season four was epic. Mm. And I, know, I know there are some naysayers oh. with with Ghost Rider because we have a, a more modern type of Ghost Rider and it's not Johnny Blaze and it's I, I saw some people say well why'd they go with the boring Ghost Rider and he's not really a writer he's more of a driver uh, he's got mm-hmm. this really cool uh, old Dodge Charger a v- pretty cool car uh, so it's it's not the Ghost Rider we're used to but uh, he was an interesting character and having him brought into the season and then, and then bringing it full circle when they, they did an Agents of Hydra and I, I don't want to get in too much because I don't want to spoil anything for you and if anybody's been missing stuff but they had oh, I've a heard thing about where, the construct <laughs> yeah oh the construct where there was an alternate universe where Hydra was in control from a life model decoy that could was trying to give herself flesh and powers and stuff in the real world and so it created this false world where Hydra was in control uh, but Ghost Rider did come back at the end to help deal with the problem. But oh, it was such a good season. It was probably the best season they've ever had that I'm not surprised to hear that we will be getting a season five. And at the end of the season finale, we got a little taste with basically just a logo and a little bits of dialogue. But the Inhumans is coming next fall which I've seen images, and I don't know if they're legitimate, that shows Black Bolt and Medusa and some other characters, Crystal. I don't know if that's actually the, the cast, or if somebody's just kind of mixed together a cosplay thing just to say, oh, it could end up looking like this. I'm not sure. They're being really hush-hush. Also, no, it's, am, it's coming. <laughs> I am just looking forward to seeing Lockjaw. Oh, that would be awesome. Well, he'd be an expensive effect to do every week, though. But still, but still, you want to see him, and yeah, that that would be awesome. But ooh, he'd be a completely computer-generated character, unless they did some, you know, work with uh, Jim Henson's Creature Shop and found a way to (laughs) bring him to more of an animatronic life that was believable. That would actually be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So definitely some good, uh, you know, some good things coming to TV from the Marvel ser- uh, Marvel Universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe, that is. And uh, we do know Kevin Feige has also said this week that they are going to start tying their television series more closely to the movies. Awesome. Which, you know, so, the Guardians of the Galaxy is exists so far outside of what we're used to that yeah you know, we haven't gotten any good tie-ins yet with any guardians type of thing but i'm hoping because um i don't want to spoil anything but there was a hint at the end of the episode that the agents of shield are going to find themselves in space hmm yeah uh, so I'm, I'm kind of hoping maybe we'll be a little bit tied in a little bit to maybe the Guardians area and we're going to find some things kind of happening. I don't know, but something's up for season five. <laughs> it's going to be intense. We're going to we're going to space. I would like to. Well, I don't know if Fox still has the rights for Silver Surfer, but it would be awesome if they got so far in to get Silver Surfer in somehow. Uh, you know, I, I, I seriously doubt you can get any Fantastic Four away from Fox to be able to reboot them on a, in within the television area. You know, but yeah. Well, it's My it's brain. hard to say because uh, they worked with Fox to get uh, the Watcher. Well, 
Yeah, because I guess the Watcher is generally kind of tied in with Fantastic Four, although they had not exactly. used the Watcher at any point over at Fox, so <laughs> that might so, give them that leeway. So. It's interesting. Interesting, you know, Fox and uh, Marvel have been, you know, trying to play a little nice. Uh, I know that uh, Fox gave up uh, some rights in order to work on their own new series. I know we saw Legion come out a little earlier this year. Yes, we really couldn't talk about it on this uh, this podcast because right, it was it's, not uh, family friendly in any yeah, shape right. or form. It was but, entertaining. I did watch mm-hmm. it. <laughs> but uh, we do know that there is more Fox Marvel coming to TV very soon. Yes, indeed. The new mutants are coming, yes. which I knew nothing about until I saw some casting news. <laughs> and, uh, you know, recently, uh, we it has been confirmed that uh, both Anya Taylor-Joy, who has been in Split and The Witch, and Maisie Williams, who's been on Game of Thrones and had a, a very uh, interesting turn on last season of Doctor Who, mm-hmm. are officially set to join the cast. Uh, respectively, they'll be playing the parts of Magic, Ileana Rasputin, uh, Peter Rasputin, Colossus's little sister, and Wolfsbane. Which should be pretty awesome. That does get me excited. Uh, of course, yeah, I, I, I'm curious how they do the uh, the well, makeup effects, really, for Wolfsbane, because if you don't do it right, it could look a little silly. Uh, mm-hmm. you know. But, uh, you know, well, I think they could do pretty good with, you know, furring her up a little bit. <laughs> well, and, you know, Wolfsbane wasn't exactly the most uh, eye-catching character <laughs> when New Mutants first uh, came out in 82, so... Uh, but it, it's definitely interesting uh, to see and to, to learn of these um, uh, of these roles. Now we do know that Cannonball is also going to be a part of this um, uh, cast as well. I think the person that they cast, however, has fallen through. But I know that they're um, definitely keeping the Guthrie family involved in here some way. But uh, still, uh, we're looking to come out uh, April 13th of 2018. Yeah, so, so it's a long sure ways off. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, and we've got Comic-Con coming up here in another month and a half. I'm sure there's definitely going to be some uh, news coming out around that time. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get a lot more information. And I've recently found out, I've been hearing something about a series called The Gifted, which that turns yes. out to be more mutants, which I did not realize until uh, good old Lost Boy Rick was uh, was posting some stuff about it. And I was like, oh my goodness, here's more mutants on TV. So. Yes, and there's a, yeah, yeah. So I don't know too many details about that because, again, it hasn't been very out and out x-men related yeah but yeah it'll definitely be interesting to see what direction that show takes sort of like legion kind of i as legions felt like it was supposed to be before the x-men like it, was, it felt prequely a little bit mm-hmm. uh because it, it, it felt like it was set in the 70s and yet it was kind of also had some high-tech stuff so uh, I can't tell where they're placing that, but they they don't even mention Charles Xavier or anything, and none of the mutants that you're going to see in there are ones you're familiar with in, from the X-Men film universe. So, But it's right. they do, of course, have to talk about mutants and stuff like that. Uh, right. DC's not slouching, though. Oh, no, no, no. Black uh, Lightning, which I'm really only familiar from with Super Friends. <laughs> <laughs> but Black Lightning is going to have a CW series coming this fall yes uh, and it's going to be part of the Arrowverse that uh, yes you know 
certainly we've got Arrow, we've got The Flash, we've got Supergirl, um, we've got Legends of Tomorrow, and now Black Lightning. They're just going to have a show every night of the week over there on the CW from DC's universe. Just about. Just uh, about. Th- so far, all we've got to see is Chris Williams, who, uh, if anyone has seen Heart of Dixie or even heard of the movie Heart of Dixie, uh, he's playing Black Lightning, and there's a really cool image of him in the costume. It, it doesn't quite have the weird headpiece he might be used to from the old Super Friends show, but it's kind of this cool textured thing with the lightning and stuff going on. Uh, and oh, I yeah. was actually talking to one of my writers uh, as I drive Uber about this, and uh a Static Shock that used to be, you know, there was a cartoon series of Static Shock, and I know he was so fairly mm-hmm. popular. Static Shock was Black Lightning's sidekick, so I wouldn't be surprised if we if we don't see Static Shock making an appearance in the series at some point. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. Uh, I I know you're not too familiar with uh, the the picture that they've put up here, but uh, this is actually pretty much in line with how Black Lightning has looked with over the course of the past decade, both before and after the new Fifty Two. So awesome. this is this is very uh, true to the costume that the character has been wearing, and it looks really really cool. So I, I'm definitely looking forward to this because I don't know that much about the character, so it's like new territory for me. Just getting to dive in there. Oh well, there is a little bit of a um, a storyline here uh, from 1977's Black Lightning Number One. This I'm taking from SuperheroHype.com. It says the story follows Jefferson Pierce, a former Olympian who was secretly born with the ability to create and manipulate electromagnetic, electromagnetic fields. Although he had abandoned his hometown of Metropolis suicide slum after the murder of his father, Pierce returns there with his wife and daughters, taking a job as a high school principal. It is after losing one of his students to the gang violence that threatens the city that Pierce decides to take advantage of his powers. Adopting the identity Black Lightning, he becomes a costume superhero who goes on to serve as a team member of both the Outsiders and the Justice League. Which, maybe we're getting a little closer to having a Justice League appearance somehow or another on the CW-verse? Maybe. maybe. And they're certainly uh, already got a team put together, and they're certainly mm-hmm. a lot of crossovers that happen between these shows, so... And yeah, the crossovers are always epic. Very, yes. very cool. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, but now we're jumping from television back to the big screen to something I'm still not excited about. We've got Ruben Fleischer to direct the Venom film, and they have now cast Tom Hardy. You know, they very much sounded like Patrick Stewart. Oh, uh, you think spiders are your ally? But you merely adopted the spiders. I was born in them, molded by them. I didn't see the spiders until I was already a man. But by then there was nothing to me but blinding. The spiders betray you because they belong to me. (laughs) You've been waiting to do that the entire podcast, haven't you? Itsy bitsy spider, do you feel in charge? (laughs) Oh, but yes, so I... Okay, so basically, you've got a couple of guys who've wrote the script. Scott Rosenberg, who wrote Jumanji, and Jeff Pinkner, who wrote The Dark Tower that's upcoming. Uh, you know, Avi Arad is coming to produce, and he's done a lot of producing for, like, the previous Spider-Man films. But I have not seen anything that really connects this to the Spider-Man movies, because Spider-Man is being brought into the Marvel Cinematic Universe for at least a contracted amount of time. And so Sony seems to be wanting to take advantage of stuff that they can pull away from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I don't think is right. I, I think they should, you know, with having the opportunity to bring it as being part of Marvel, 
I'd love to see, you know, if they want to do some stuff with the Silver Sable and Black Cat, that's great. But don't disconnect it. You know, especially mm-hmm. Black Cat, her her entire story is really involved with Spider-Man, and she can branch off on her own later, but I really, I, ugh, you know, I, I can't get excited, and if, if Sony is really pulling away from Marvel Cinematic Universe with all these other characters, I'm not wasting my money on it. As much as oh. I would love to see a good Venom, because frankly, Spider-Man 3 was not a good Venom, I'm not going for this. Well, you know, all I can say, Jeremy, is... Calm down. There's no need. Now's not the time for fear. That comes later. And then you can give me permission to die. <laughs> exactly. Speak of the devil and he October shall appear. October 5th, 2018, though, is this disaster and this travesty. Oh, that, that is so coming up so quickly. Yeah. yeah. It, we, we got it more than a year, but I'm... I'm uh, no. Bad Sony. <laughs> Well, you know, to jump outside of comic books, uh, I, I fear you've read the entire Narnia series, haven't you? Yes, I have. I've, I've read the entire series once, and then I've got uh, these audio drama versions that I've listened to multiple times. Oh. Just love it. And I was worried there for the longest time we were not going to get any more movies because the movies have they've fallen short of how great the books are, although I've still <laughs> enjoyed them. Prince Caspian, not as much, but I've still enjoyed the Narnia films. But finally, The Silver Chair is coming out with director Joe Johnston helming it. And you're going to know him from Captain America, The First Avenger, Jumanji, Jurassic Park 3, and even Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. A lot of bright, colorful type of things, action, fun. I think this is a good choice for The Silver Chair. Looks good, but you forgot one uh, one of his films. Which one? The Rocketeer. Oh, indeed. Which yes. some people didn't enjoy. I don't know why. I think it's a, a fabulous movie. I think it's yeah. a lot of fun. I, I think it's a very good sign to have Joe Johnston helming this film. You know, here we've got a guy who has been involved with uh, Lucasfilm and ILM from the very beginning. He understands and he knows how to make effects work. Um, you can look at any of those movies that we've named. And while Jurassic Park 3 has its issues... Alan, um, <laughs> talking. You know, there's, yes, uh, the, <laughs> you, you can't deny that the effects are pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I, I can't help but think of you know what we saw in Jumanji, definitely having some impact on all of the creatures and all of the fantasy elements that make up Narnia and that are definitely a part of the Silver Chair. Yeah, I just I hope they don't shy away from some of the themes of the, of the Silver Chair like they have done in some of the previous movies they've been you know because you know C.S. Lewis Christian Apologetist he's written a lot of good thematic you know books and a lot of theolo- theological books and stuff like that and there's some definite theology he's put into the Narnia books they're 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 allegorical in a lot of ways yes they are And but that kind of is what also gives the stories their heart and there's a really nice bit towards the end of the, the book where uh, we'll just say the villain. I don't want to spoil it or say anything. It, but the villain is kind of trying to cast a spell on our heroes to try to convince them that there is no outside world uh, except for the underground uh, mm-hmm. that they're in at the time. And there's some really nice, basically mirroring some theological discussion uh, of faith that comes out in this in this this dialogue here and i i hope they're they're not going to shy away from it because it, it really brings some definite themes and that is puddle glum's shining moment really in the story with puddle glum which 
uh, he'll be one of those characters kind of like sadness in, uh, mm-hmm. in Inside Out where I, where I remember when I went uh, with a bunch of middle schoolers I was driving a school bus we did a field trip and the middle schoolers just oh didn't like sadness but then at the end they loved her and Puddle Glum, I think, is going to be like that, where he's because he's such a doom and gloom, but yet he's kind of funny about it. That at the beginning of it, I think people are going to be like, "Oh, the kids are not going to like him." But as it goes on, and they get to know Puddle Glum, and he has his moment, everybody's going to love Puddle Glum. Mm-hmm. That's the way I'm seeing this happening. But they have to make sure that moment is in there. Yes, or it, they'll lose the heart of the story. Mm-hmm. Now I'm I'm a little you know concerned that they're picking up uh, this series. Was it five years after uh, Voyage of the Dawn Treader? Yeah, a long time. So you know, it's it's you know, I hope that they can keep a lot of the thematic feel that the previous movies had. Uh, as far as I know, Walda Media is still uh, producing yeah. uh, the film, but uh, certainly we hope that uh, a lot of what has come is going to be carried over and into and helping to reboot and revitalize the series. Yeah, and I'm I'm really looking forward to getting to see a horse and his boy because that is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have to go back to the magician's nephew, which gives an origin story, which helps understand everything that happens in the last battle. So I'm expecting oh, yes. at least three more films, and I, I'm hoping they all get done and they all get done well. Uh, to oh, this and, exciting and, conclusion. And as long as we still got Jim Broadbent uh, and uh, uh, oh no, now I'm blanking out on his name, Liam Neeson yes. involved. <laughs> yes, indeed, because uh, who else would you get to voice Aslan? Morgan Freeman? Exactly. <laughs> well, he, he's already had his uh, uh, mythical uh, uh, supreme creator. Yeah, there we go. Supreme creator role. Yeah. And there's really some stuff that you cannot shy away from when you do The Magician's Nephew. You see Aslan right. come out and create Narnia. Uh, so there's definitely some stuff that they you just have to go for. There's going to be people that are like, ah, I see there's some subtle stuff in there and I don't like it. I'm like, you know what? It's a good movie. Enjoy it. Hey, so. there was subtle stuff in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, though. So Yeah, and I'm glad they didn't shy away from some of the stuff, although I don't think they had the punch that it could have. Right, right. So, could have been a little better, but I still enjoyed that movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's time to make a quick trip to the trailer park. All right, y'all. One more time. It don't matter what you look like. It don't nobody gonna sing with me. Okay. The Neverland Trailer Park. All right, now this is gonna be a little bit different because it's not a movie. It is on Netflix. It's probably the hardest thing that I've ever worked on. I had to think of it as sort of a work of art. It's something hundreds of people created. It's a wonderful texture and depth to this world. It was the most work. It was the most difficult. But it was the most fun. It was the most rewarding. And of all projects, it's the one that I'm the most proud of. For some of you, you heard that music and you heard Jim Henson's voice and you said, oh, my gosh, the Dark well, Crystal. What I, <laughs> what I said was, <laughs> exactly. Mm, I hate your whimper. <laughs> yes, indeed. Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, a prequel series, 10 episodes coming. I don't know when 
but not soon enough. Oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, we know that it's going to return back to the planet of Thra, mm-hmm. and it's going to involve the Gelflings living alongside the Skeksis. Now, until uh, the rebellion begins. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's going to have three Gelflings who discover the horrifying secret behind the Skeksis' power, and that's what sets off the rebellion. Yeah, which I I really have to wonder because it's ten episodes. Is this going to be the beginning of an ongoing series? We can or, hope. Or is this mainly going to be a, a just simple story that it only takes seven episodes to tell? That maybe if it goes really well, maybe they get a chance to do the Power of the Dark Crystal, which was this was supposed to be the sequel to the uh, the film, which has actually been released now in a comic book form as a, a I guess a monthly ongoing series of uh, I think like ten issues. Uh, which I, I'm missing most of them. I, I got the second issue. Uh, I'm hoping to see that turn into a, a some sort of a series on Netflix as well. Oh, yeah. But see, well, if, we, I, I, if we only get those ten episodes, I have a feeling it's not going to go well for the Gelflings by the end. Mm-hmm. Well, we know that it's definitely not going to go well for <laughs> them. You know, I'm hoping, though, that we'll get to see Agra. Yes. And here, because we know that she is extremely long-lived. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and uh, we'll it, find out what happened some... to her other eye. <laughs> yeah, definitely, and it's it's got some uh, good people uh, behind the scenes working on it. The director of all of these episodes is going to be uh, Louis Leterrier, who did uh, the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk movie, which was very good. Yes, I really enjoyed. Um, it. I don't know why we've not gotten that sequel. I don't know what's happening between Universal uh, and Studios. It's complicated, that, but yeah. But uh, he has been uh, part of the uh, story group uh, behind the Marvel Cinematic Universe with Kevin Feige. Mm -hmm. So certainly, um, you know, he's got a good, solid standing behind him. I'm not going to mention Clash of the Titans, though. Well, the the first one wasn't bad. (laughs) Uh, I I feel like Uh, I should quote the Techno Retro Dads for anyone who listens to their podcast. Like, well, it's not that that bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but you know it's 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 got uh lisa henson uh jim henson's daughter as um one of the uh producers behind it uh and this certainly the dark crystal was a very personal project for jim henson uh i i recently read uh, the book jim henson the biography Ooh. which goes into great detail over the production of this film um you know and i was actually surprised to learn that it was at the studio's insistence that they included character voices there there was not going to be an english language present throughout the film it was all supposed to be understood through the actions and the muted sounds that the characters made rather than dialogue and you can actually find that version online. Uh, mm-hmm. Somebody, I think, made even the DVD uh, image. Where, and so I actually have sat and watched that. And it is a very, very cool because it's all in subtitles. And there's little nuances of story that were, were different in the original dialogue. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's definitely worth watching. But it's still probably more enjoyable having them all speak English. Because, you know, it really, otherwise, it's, it's just kind of like an art project when you have everybody speaking different language and you have to read it all in subtitles. Oh, yeah. So. But uh, still, it's, it's fantastic and wonderful that uh, we've, we've got this, you know, puppetry and everything that the Jim Henson Company has been involved in has just 
grown in leaps and bounds over the past 30 years. Uh, so it's really going to be amazing to see how they use these characters, uh, combining with the technology that they've developed uh, to create something brand new yet so familiar. And I wonder with, you know, they did that series, the uh, reality show, uh, where they were getting some people to join the, the creature shop. And one of the things they had to do was create a Skeksis. Ooh. So, you know, I wonder if that was part of the intention because they knew this was coming and they wanted some new people who could build and create Skeksis and work some new Skeksis, you know. Or at least work, yeah, because yeah, you know, at this time there'd be a lot more Skeksis. They they would not oh, have yeah. all have died away, right? So yeah, through their own battles and fighting. Yeah, each other. so there could be a whole lot new, more new characters, and with the technology, and you know, we, we get to see one shot. It looks like the scientist, although he seemed more like a cyborg because he had like a glowing eye thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get to see that yes, this is pure puppetry. Uh, If there's any CGI, I'm sure it'll be kept to a minimum just for maybe some background or something like that or something they couldn't do uh, with a puppet. But I don't know what they can't do with a puppet because these people are geniuses. Oh, yes. And, you know, although without Jim there, I know it's a little different because he was definitely the Walt Disney of puppetry. But, you know, I'm sure there's other really great creative artists that have been working for the Henson Company. They're going to do some amazing things with this. I mean, this is one of my favorite movies. I know Steve Swanson says this is the lesser of the Jim Henson films, but Steve Swanson can have his opinion, and I have mine. I used to watch this movie every day in the summer. I loved it. It terrified me the first time I saw it because I was really little, but I I love the Dickens out of this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm one of those rare people who actually have one of the limited editions of the the CD of the soundtrack, the two-disc set. Very good. Ooh. Wonderful. Yeah. And I, like I said, I, I don't know what more to say about this. I'm really excited to see this project come out. You know, there have been rumors for years of the Hanson Company wanting to produce a, a sequel or having something more. There have been comic books, but uh, it's great to see that uh, we're going back to that world and learning more about the history. Oh, yes. More of the history, all the hidden things, all the things we did not know is coming. Mm-hmm. But we got one other thing that'll be kind of fun to talk about. To Disney and beyond. Yeah, we had to have that sounder to move on to the next thing while we're talking about comic books. (laughs) Well, I thought that you would have uh, been playing Hooked on a Feeling. Oh, well, we're definitely hooked on a feeling because I'm... Uh, granted, all right. I know I've heard a lot of the criticism that the new Guardians of the Galaxy mission breakout, the redesign of uh, the Hollywood Terror uh, Hollywood Tower Hotel, uh, it it looks it's it looks really weird and it doesn't quite fit in with the look of things. And it really, it, it looks like they just kind of stripped out the outside and then covered it with pipes or something. But this is going to be a cool ride. I, I want to yeah. check it out. It's going to be fun. You know it's going to be fun. But uh, something that surprised me at Free Comic Book Day, did you know this was happening with the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout number one uh, one-shot comic book? Did you know this was coming at all? Oh, only the day that I saw that it was released. <laughs> it was one of those <laughs> surprise things. And but you know, how, how many times can we actually tie a comic book directly to the opening of a new ride or attraction. No kidding. And I, I've heard they do sell some comics in the parks. I bet this this comic will be available in the parks for a good long time. I would not be surprised if it were. But this gives the entire story for the ride. 
uh, mm-hmm. introduces a lot of the different characters. Of course, the, the way you're going to see Star-Lord in here is more of the blonde head, more, you know, Chris Pratt's kind of got lighter brown hair, but this is definitely the blonde bearded Star-Lord that we might be more used to from the comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh my gosh, this is so cool. But you, you've got a comic book that gives it an intro. Oh, you, you, you don't get a whole lot about how the Guardians got captured. They kind of got tricked uh, into these cages there by the Collector. Mm-hmm. As they're locked in there, but the the story really involves, and what you as a, a writer is when uh, Rocket, of course, makes a little device to escape his cell, and is now out to find a way to release the other Guardians. And uh, just as I kind of expected with the the film, you got to see him play with the the anti gravity or the artificial gravity, rather. Mm-hmm. I kind of wonder what could. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what could possibly cause your vehicle to go up and down. Exactly. And, of course, that's exactly what Rocket's doing in here. It's causing some anti-gravity things and messing with everything in the entire area. Uh, I don't know what sort of visuals you're going to get to see, but in the comics you have all these different alien creatures that are stuck in boxes that are now going to be floating around. And you know, with the, the opening and closing of the elevator doors, I can't even imagine all the fun things that they could put for you to see as you're going up in the main elevator. And hopefully you're still going to get to float through a weird lobby thing before you're getting launched like crazy. Well, um, that that floating through a lobby really isn't part of the Disneyland version of oh, really? uh, Tower of Terror. Yeah, that's that's exclusively the uh, Walt Disney World version. Oh. Uh, with at Disneyland, you've actually got a couple of floors where you see a, a, a slight a, a little movie to help explain what was going on with the Tower Hotel and explain why it was haunted. You know, so I imagine that. On the ride where those two areas uh, occur, we're definitely going to be seeing those creatures and the other guardians and uh, get a little bit more of the story as to why everything is suddenly going crazy. You know, and that's all apart from uh, the uh, uh, little opening towards the while you're still in the queue where Rod Serling would come out and explain this was the Hollywood Tower Hotel and something horrible happened here and go ahead and get on the ride from this point on. So we're still going to have an opportunity to get to know the story as you're waiting in line. And even once you're on the ride, they're going to find those ways to you know make those story elements change as needed. We also know that uh, as uh, the ride is going to have different ending videos as well. So a lot of what happens within the ride, and you can certainly tell from the comic, there's a lot that's going to be going on. Oh, yeah. Um, it, your your ending's definitely going to be different, kind of like Star Tours. Very cool. Especially uh, in the comic, you got an appearance by Mantis, which uh, her comic book version is very different from the film version. I don't know a whole lot about the character, but I've been mm-hmm. seeing a lot of articles about, well, they really changed her a lot. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, I'm... Yeah, I hate to see something leave Disneyland. I hate to see something that people love and has been a part of the park. Um, and in this case, the Tower Hotel really tied into the whole Hollywoodland uh, theme that uh, was reestablished with uh, Buena Vista Street coming to the park uh, a few years ago. But Walt was never one to sit on his laurels. And if he felt that he had a better idea for, uh, for a ride, he would rip that thing out and put in something new, bigger, and better. I know a lot of people are concerned. Is this something new, bigger, and better? I know that uh, Disneyland uh, Resort has big plans for that section of California Adventure. And some 
you, something had to start. You have to have one domino fall before the rest of the area is going to match the same style and look. So, you know, hey, I'm looking forward to this, and uh, I really hope to have the opportunity to ride it soon and share it with everyone out there. Yeah, I kind of wonder uh, uh, in the area that this sits in Disney's California Adventure if they could potentially build into an area and create kind of more Marvel uh, type of you know meet and greets. Because, I mean, we're, we were about to on the 26th, which also is my birthday and John mm-hmm. Wayne's birthday and the day after Star Wars was released 40 years ago. Anyways, you got a birthday coming up. Yes, I do. Huh. Um, but uh, it's also going to be the day that the Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout opens to the public. Yeah. And also, it's the beginning of this big Marvel summer event that's going to be going mm-hmm. on all summer in Disneyland and California Adventure. I mean, with dance parties with uh, with Star-Lord, uh, meet and greets, and all kinds of fun. But I wonder, though, if they could maybe build in some more Marvel stuff kind of in that area that would not, you know, that maybe could be separate from Buena, Buena Vista Street somehow. And so you don't lose Buena Vista Street, you know, but well, maybe you can have a more Marvel mm-hmm. presence later. Well, here's the thing. Uh, the tower is actually set back and behind uh, most of the Hollywoodland area. In fact, the th- only Hollywoodland element that's closest to it is the Hyperion Theater, which you have to pass by as you go back to that area of the park. The one thing that really has tied it together is uh, the tower is also the first and final stop of the, um, uh, of the red car trolley that goes back and forth. And so that's, you know, a lot of people are kind of concerned because that's what tied the whole area together. But the expansion plans for that part of California Adventure go out further back behind the tower. Uh, and certainly you've got a walkway that uh, you can, the Imagineers, I'm certain, are going to find a way to merge and uh, change the theming so that it matches this Marvel area. The rumors that I hear is that Hollywood land is going to be, as a whole, is going to become much more Marvel-centric, uh, moving from, say, a Marvel studio, where you can see, you know, backlot type of stuff that'd be involved with a Marvel movie, into more of a Marvel land as you walk further back into the area. Which I would not be opposed to. I think that would be pretty fun, mm-hmm. you know, being the Marvel guy that I am, you know. <laughs> So there's, but there's still a lot of work and a lot to happen before we're at that point. But uh, I'm I, I'm confident that the Imagineers have got their plans to make this building, which currently does stick out like a sore thumb. Well, they will find a way to make it uh, tie in closer to the park, especially as we look at expansion and what they're doing in the future. Yeah, and they're they're definitely not opposed to doing some kind of odd things like an Epcot, you know, putting in a frozen ride. And now uh, there's going to be something potentially Guardians of the Galaxy being put into Epcot, uh, maybe replacing the the Universe of Energy area. Uh, that's I think that's just going around as rumors. I don't know if anything's been confirmed, but I've been hearing some stuff about that. Uh, well, because I, I, Guardians of the Galaxy is not over at Universal. You know who started the rumor? I know who started the rumor. It was Stupid Judy. Who's Stupid Judy? Oh, she's one of the characters in uh, in in the uh, universe of energy. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, our well, our our Disney World friends will understand that reference. Yeah, I guess so because <laughs> I I didn't I didn't get to ever get on that ride. I you know we didn't spend much time in Epcot because our feet were killing us when I was there. So I really missed out a lot apparently at Epcot. 
But you know what? There's there's so much coming to the parks. You know, again, I'm excited to see what this revamp of the tower is going to look like and where it's going to take us into the future. So I, I'm really excited for this. Yeah. So it should be a lot of fun. And it's still basically the same ride. Uh, it's oh, yeah. just different theming. And I'm sure you're exactly. still going to have a video at the beginning, but it might be Rocket trying to say, hey, I need your help to free the other Guardians, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and they can even usher you in. Uh, maybe they could have somebody who's playing as the collector who's because in this comic, you see him bringing people in like a museum to come and see his exhibits. And I could imagine being a guest and you've come through the queue and you're attending the collector's museum gala. Exactly, which is exactly what it is. Yeah. And so then suddenly, you know, on one of the screens, Rocket pops up and says, hey, I need your help to free the Guardians. You know, (laughs) and suddenly you're you're in this great adventure, which, oh, my goodness, that sounds really cool. And I I intend to get myself out there and check it out when Mm -hmm. first chance comes, which I don't know when that's going to be, but it's I'm going to get my chance. Hey, we'll get you out there. Yes. And then it'll be awesome. And I will get as much footage of whatever I can and just so you can all see me do stuff too. So, uh, but I guess we better start wrapping this up here because we've got on for our allotted hour of podcasting goodness. So, (laughs) well, you know, can, uh, can you tell us how we can become or how anyone out there listening can become a Neverlander? Well, yeah, it's actually part of my, I wonder if anyone actually still ever listens to this, this sounder, (laughs) but we tell everything in the world. I mean, uh, but I'm going to go through it all before I play the sounder just because, but yeah, if you go to neverlandpodcast.com, there's a, there's a section there on the top black bar menu where you can go and, and join the lost boys or pixies because girls never get lost. They're too clever. So they become pixies here. And you can choose an official name for yourself, a good nickname. Send it to me and tell me why you chose that nickname, which reminds me, did I ever get uh, Tom Cool added to the list? I I need to update the website. I was so busy with school and stuff that I don't think I got around to it. And I got a bunch of videos I need to do too. So much to do. I know I'm falling behind. I'm a bad podcast host. Um, Well, you know how we can get people to listen to the end of the show. Now, I'm not saying we're doing this this week. I'm not saying we're doing it next week, but it might be time for us to incorporate another um, contest to see if anyone's listening to the end. Yeah, you know, it could happen at any point. Uh, I, I don't know that I have any plans for anything right now, but Eric may have some sort of thing he's thinking to do. He's going to drop some knowledge on me later. Who knows? You never know. Yeah. But also make sure you support us on Patreon. Uh, I, I need to update Patreon to maybe do some different tiers and levels uh, for things, but we do appreciate the support there. Also, I have a brand new shop with T Public. So if you go to the Neverland Podcast website, you can find a link for our Patreon. Also, you'll find a link that says shop up there on the page that It'll take you straight out to our T Public page. I have new logo, medium logo, and old logo. Uh, medium logo being, I guess, the one where it was just the text there for a while, you know. But any type of logo that that I, we've ever used, I have a shirt of it. I even have the Evil Land Podcast logo available if you so Ooh. want a shirt of that, which I think I'm going to get one of those myself and wear it in October because. Uh, I don't know in October that ghost host may come back and cause evil land to happen, but maybe we can keep him under control and he won't kidnap me this time. Well, that was quite the month. Yes, it was. I was trapped in weird places that we won't talk about. Hmm. Uh, Just don't don't start spitting up any slugs. Ew. But uh, I guess we can play that ending sounder and we'll wrap this up and we'll see you all next week.
Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Yeah! And you know what we've learned by watching Marvel movies? What's that? Stay till the end of the credits. Because oh, Ferris, yes. Ferris Bueller may actually come out. You're still here? <laughs> the podcast is over. Go home.